0: Yeah, I mean, and I know you have strong feelings about Captain Marvel, Uh, so you could probably... You know
1: what, (laughs) you made my eye twitch just just by saying it. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Kev. We've got some really exciting stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Next week's guest is my friend, Britt. Uh, who served in the ADF and is now a firefighter, um, and we're also recording a roundtable uh, Q and A session with all of the guests from this year. So, if you have any questions you'd like answered on air, uh, go to our Instagram page, which is this is my mate with underscores between all the words, and uh, shoot us a DM um, or comment on any of the uh, any of the pictures of the guests. Um, any questions or anything like that you'd like answered on air coming up to Christmas time. If you're looking for any, uh, any solid Christmas gifts, uh, nothing says love at Christmas, like caffeine, go to journey made coffee for all your coffee needs. Use the code, my mate at checkout to receive 10% off your order. So, uh, just a bit of a heads up. Um, audio quality. I'm, I'm honestly still trying to work out. no, uh, well, look, not, not work out, but just, just make it sound a lot better. Um, probably because I'm a perfectionist. Um, but I know about halfway through the recording, it did start raining. So you can hear that in the background as well. So without further ado, this is my mate, Joel. Joel, thank you very much for, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to, uh, to come and sit with me on the podcast. I've been trying to get you on here for bloody ages.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's um I've been looking forward to it as well, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been a bit busy. I'm glad I was able to, you know, grab a Saturday and we can get this done. <laughs> um how you doing, man? Yeah. Well, you know, it's been been busy. It's um uh it's been it's been a bit crazy, especially, you know, 2020 being what it is. <sighs> so, yeah. it's uh yeah, it's um it's been a very hectic 12 months. Um <laughs> Uh, exciting twelve months, though. So,
1: have you have you been been uh, predominantly working from home, or have you still had to go into the office?
0: Well, uh, yeah. So, um, I, I guess I'm one of the very few lucky ones. What with my um, my my work being um, working in IT, when it came to the pandemic, um, and everyone having to work from home, I became one of those key people that had to make sure everyone else could work from home, <laughs> and that that generally meant that uh, people like me weren't allowed to work from home because we had to make sure all the systems were running on site, so you know the first couple of months of the pandemic um i you know I ended up working off site maybe five five six days a week mm-hmm. um just to get everything up and running and it's it's slowed down a lot after that and now I'm probably fifty fifty so okay. i'm i I'm actually loving working from home I can get a lot done yep um so there's few few days off where i'm just remoting in uh, and not having to run around work—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's quite good. Um,
1: Excellent, very cool. How um, how many people did you have to set up with uh, with laptops and uh, remote access and all that sort of uh, all that sort of stuff?
0: Oh my god, uh, yeah, it was um, it was it was it was crazy. So we we, we already had people working from home. And I, I did it for years beforehand, but it was just maybe you know fifty, sixty people uh, in the organization, maybe, maybe a hundred or so. Um, uh, and then suddenly it was everyone and people, people, people had never done, um, working from home, let alone, you know, it's like, oh, you need to connect to the VPN. I'm like, well, what's a VPN? I'm like, all right. So there's this icon that you're going to click, um, it was a massive learning curve, not only for the user, but also for us in training the user. So yeah, we, we had to, you know, increase servers so that they could have more users on them. We had to build um, documentation at the drop of a hat so that you can go, here's your laptop, here's your here's your monitor, go home, read through this doco, and we pray that you've got a good internet connection. <laughs> um, I, I've never hated the MBN more. <laughs> I, I, I was not a fan of it to begin with, um, but the pandemic just made me absolutely loathe it. So, like, oh, my MBN's out. I'm like, yep, you and half of Sydney. Um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, no, it was, look, well, that was, like I said, it's been hectic, but exciting because uh, I did have the opportunity to just, you know, build all these systems and throw everyone into it. Um, some of the fun stuff was trying to source, uh, monitors for people to work from home when literally every other business in Sydney mm. was trying to do the same. Um, we ended up actually buying some, uh, it wasn't necessarily off of eBay, but, uh, my boss had to drive all the way out to, um, I believe it was, uh, Castle Hill mm-hmm. to go pick up 20 monitors because <laughs> we, we couldn't buy them anywhere else, uh, <laughs> So, um, we had to go long distance to just go pick these up so that we can get them out to people's homes. I mean, that's, it's a lot of the things that you don't think of it's like, yeah, we'll just set up the system, give people a code, but I'm like, oh, but they're going to be working from home for, um, months. Not everyone has a gaming rig, I've uh-huh. Kev, you, you and me are <laughs> one of the few people that actually have a very comfortable chair, really good, <laughs> right. really good PCs, really good monitors. We, we could, we could sit at home for eight hours. Because we can game for like sixteen, uh, and, <laughs> not <true>. feel, <laughs> and not and not really comfortable. So um, yeah, it was interesting having to transition everyone to work from home. And it's like, what do you mean you don't have a gaming desk? You're working. You're working on the couch. No.
1: Yeah, I've I've noticed trying to source uh, computer parts over the last six months has um, just yeah, it's it's been disgusting. Not not only the the stock levels, but the uh, the, the prices that companies are are trying to gouge you for. But
0: oh, no! It's 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 incredible. Just like any kind of, I feel bad for actual, you know, us regular gamers now because we want to replace a a mouse or a chair, and like, oh great, we're paying because literally everyone else wants one now. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I'd normally spend three hundred dollars for a game insurance. Like, it's going to cost me seven hundred because you know everyone wants one. <laughs> um, it's no, it's incredible um, how much. The prices have um, risen, and you could give some of it away to. Oh, okay, the pandemic has slowed down, you know, shipping and mm. all that. And, but yeah, some of the stuff. For, you know, you look at JB. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm a, almost a 50% markup on some of their That's some it. of their equipment I'm like I know that that has been sitting in a warehouse <laughs> <That's right.
1: laughs> for the last two,
0: for two years <laughs> it's got it. nothing to do with the pandemic <laughs>
1: yeah JB's really good for it um, you know mm. they'll, they'll put something on sale and it's you know the, 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 the same prices you're going to get from you know M-Wave or someone like that yeah mm. okay so Joel um, tell the uh, tell the listeners uh, who you are right now
0: Right, right. So it's almost like speed dating. Um, <laughs> hi, my name's Joel. Uh, I'm interested in, uh, no. So, um, yeah, my name's Joel. Um, uh, I work in the IT industry. I'm a network uh, administrator at a zoo in Sydney. Um, I've lived in Sydney for, oh, you know, 15, 16 years now. So actually, yeah, the, I'm probably consider myself a Sydney sider now, mm-hmm. but not originally from Sydney. Um, originally born and bred in, in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. So people may recognize I have a funny accent, especially <laughs> with my, Ad, my, my Adelaide A's, um, as, uh, as you and a few of the other, um, of our mates have pointed out, I say dance instead of dance, um, <laughs> Which is always fun. So
1: racist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, look, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I say dance as well as uh, only because my mum's British. So there's a there's a lot of Britishism Britishisms that uh, that have rubbed off off, off off on me. So I I also say garage instead of garage or anything else. But yes, sorry. Continue. But
0: that's that's because you learned how to speak properly, unlike <laughs> everyone else. <to> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, um, grew up in adelaide but yeah consider myself a sydney sider now because i've been here long enough
2: Excellent. um yeah.
1: very very cool so how do we how did we mate and how how do we know each other
0: Ah, uh, that was um that was oh well, it's been i'm, I'm gonna go what, more than more than 10 years that's for sure maybe 12 yeah. 12 years Look, almost I'm, we've known each other I'm, yeah. I'm i'm
1: almost i'm almost gonna guess 15
0: yeah, I, th- I think it was because I, I, I think I'd only, I'd only been in, I'd only been at this, um, you know, uh, at the zoo where I was working, um, for maybe two years yeah. when we first interacted and it was, um, through a work colleague who I was, um, rooming with at the time. Um, and, uh, it was a land party. Um, that was being hosted by Matt, another one of our friends. <laughs>
1: so, okay, so uh. we, we, we're allowed to say first names here, and it, it is a little bit convoluted. So mm. Matt was living in the same apartment complex as I was. Is, is that right? And yes, then, yes. And then he invited you over for a LAN because I, like, at, at that stage we had thrown an Ethernet cable <laughs> at each other across yes. the balconies,
0: Yes, it was across a courtyard. I, I, st- I mean, I, I've had larger lands, but that was still probably the most convoluted and epic one because it was across three apartments. Um, because I think there was another apartment directly above Matt's, where where they'd run it over the balcony. But you and Matt were in this apartment block, but across the courtyard. That's right. That's and it. I rocked up, and it's like, oh, no, that's fine. We've got um, like cl- old, like 1920s clove line. Across um you know, I was expecting like some laundry hanging up on that Ethernet cable. Which I mean <laughs> you guys described it at the time, but I still do not know how you managed to lob this cable. Um, <laughs> because it was a good, what, uh, 10, 15 meters? At least, across yeah. that, yep. that courtyard? Yeah. You, you managed to lob this RJ45 all the way across so you could connect up and game. That's uh, right. And that's, yeah, that's that's what I walked into. It was a really good land. It was a massive land. It so. was.
1: So Matt was friends with, or Matt is friends with Jim. Is that right? Yes, and yes, then Jim was, was friends was, with you?
0: Um, so yeah, Matt, Matt was friends with Jim and, and James and, oh, um, right. a whole bunch of buds. They all went to university together. Of
1: course.
0: Um, yeah. uh, and that's how they all kind of knew each other. And then I was working with, and, um, flatmates with James, yep. um, and him knowing that I was a gamer and he's like, oh, well, we've, we've got gaming mates and all that stuff. I got dragged to this land, <laughs> um, which, which is great. I think it was Probably one of the first lands I'd done in Sydney as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was about maybe fifteen of us, I think. Yeah. That's that uh, coming. Does in... that
1: definitely a Yeah. It a was few. a. Now, was there was there's... there people sitting down the hallway as well?
0: Yes, because it it, it went across um, three apartments. <laughs> uh, we, you, you guys, just had your doors open, so people were like, "All oh, right, I'm bored with this room." Like, because we, it was also, a, it was a party too, mm-hmm. in the sense that you had us gamers who were just like playing um unreal tournament and team fortress and that's all that right. kind of shit that's it but then you also you had people who were just hanging out like yep. no nope, i'm here to drink and socialize so <laughs> they just wander between these three apartment blocks popping their head in um and all that it's uh, it had a really good vibe to it.
1: it it definitely did and there was definitely for, for those of us that were lucky or unlucky head, depending on how you look at it with uh, with partners at the time, um, yeah, they were. So I mean, some of those uh, some of those girls sort of joined in and, and gamed a little bit, but um, yeah, most of them were sort of uh, were were socialising and mostly rolling their eyes.
0: Yeah, um, because you know we were just basically ignoring everything except for what was on the <laughs> computer screen, and it's like this you know, that seems to throw a lot of people off when you say I'm going to a land party. Yeah, and they're like, oh, so you're going to a party? I'm like, that's it's not what you think. There is no music. There's a li- <laughs> there's a little bit of drinking, but not anything that you would consider a proper party. That's right. Uh, so the fact that we you know you drag people along to these things and if they're not gamers they're not going to have fun no whereas uh this one yeah there was enough people to socialize that it was a land party with an actual party on the side
1: yeah yeah and there was definitely uh definitely a, a diverse group as well because i think at that stage big adam had joined us and then my my housemate brendan who's who's been on a previous episode um yep. he joined in i think we i think we actually built him a gaming rig out of like miscellaneous bits and pieces that we all
0: had. Yes, yes, I I, re- I remember that now. That's <laughs> right. You you guys were good about on the spot. <laughs> yeah, because like I think I've got an old graphics card here, and uh, yeah, you're trying to piece together something that you could. He could He could jump in. I don't think you guys ever got it functional, that night, <laughs> but it was it was definitely him walking in going, this looks like fun. why can't I join and yep, like, Well you, you you haven't got the necessary equipment, but we'll build you something <laughs> that's um, it. which is just crazy.
1: I, I remember a bright red gloss case, but I can't remember exactly what it was.
0: Uh, yeah, no I, uh, yeah for the last me, I can't recall it either yeah so, it was, uh, but he had
1: he also had his mate little Adam. Mm. um and then one of his mates also joined in big adam was friends with the guy that sort of lived just around the corner in the same apartment block so he was the third room so big yeah. adam and mick i think it was
0: yep was, yep. was in they're, there um they're, yeah they were in the upstairs one yeah yeah
1: and then we had ours and then obviously um canada and um and you guys were across the way now yeah the land party sort of continued and, and continued up to uh, fairly recently, probably pre COVID. Um, But we, we all sort of, uh, we all sort of did a lot of traveling and, and the core group essentially stayed together as well. Like there was times where um, you guys all came up to the blue mountains to where my mum and dad used to live as well. Like lugging your gaming rigs. And then we would set up in the, um, in, in the bottom room there. And it would, it would be, it would start on a Friday night and go through till what, Sunday night?
0: Yeah, those were some of the long haul ones where it was, um, we, we'd th- I was doing shift work. So we were able to start at um, like m- m- midday, or at least we'd start traveling up midday Friday. Uh-huh. We'd probably start our first games usually around 10 o'clock on the Friday, game until maybe six or seven in the morning, uh-huh. crash. Um, and then we would slowly all wake up one after another. <laughs> um, you know, someone would pop up um, ha- having a coffee. I'm like, all right, we're the first two up. Let's play a game. And then everyone else would slowly rise. And I think we, we would start gaming again at 12 mm-hmm. <laughs> once everyone was awake and then go into the wee hours, crash again at maybe two or three. And then we'd do another half day on the Sunday <laughs> afternoon before everyone had to struggle home after eating... Bags of prawn chips and Doritos and, uh, just chugging back so much soft drink. I mean, I'm surprised, I'm surprised none of us had heart attacks (laughs) halfway halfway through. Um,
1: (laughs) I never felt bad from the lack of sleep. It was the, the ridiculous amounts of sugar that, uh, that, that that I consumed over that that thirty six hours, um, that that really fucked me up.
0: Yeah, I I agree. For some reason, I mean, it was probably blue sugar and the caffeine that was keeping us awake. <laughs> but I, I never had the I never had the crash on Friday from because we yeah we were probably only getting what two or three hours yeah. um you know a night, um, <laughs> which when you think about it, it's just stupid. We had three <laughs> days of gaming. I don't know why we were depriving ourselves of this, um. But so, yeah, I'd, I'd pop up at work on Monday and I'd do my eight-hour shift. And like, what did you do on the weekend? I was like, oh, I gamed all weekend. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, They'd nod their heads. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I literally gamed all weekend. <laughs> there was six there was six hours of sleep on uh, Saturday morning and uh, Sunday morning, and that was it. Um, but yeah, it was only the probably the, the sugar come down and the nausea from having eaten junk food <laughs> for for three solid days. Do you think that
1: video games and and it's really it's kind of funny calling them video games because it it sounds like such an old old term. Mm. But do do you think video games still have still has such a negative um, stigma attached to it?
0: Um, I think there there's it, it depends where where you're looking in 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 the states. I think yes, um, and certainly in certain political spheres there's still that idea Mm -hmm. of you know violent games breed violent kids Mm -hmm. um but i also think the the fact that um kids these days you know they're they're all playing these games and the parents well you're a parent now Mm -hmm. but the parents who are looking after the kids now they were gamers that's right um or a lot of them were gamers or they know gamers and all that stuff and they're like well my friend who's you know he played cod for years and he hasn't murdered anyone I assume it's fine for (laughs) little Timmy to play Fortnite. yeah um so I think a lot of that has just fallen away um somewhat it's it. there isn't that stigma there's still I think a little bit of um well they're not experiencing the world Mm. there's still that kind of thing where it's like oh you know he just stays in his room and he games all day yeah um and I, I never really bought bought into that um um I grew up on IRC Um, you know, when I was in primary school and high school, which Mm. explains, you know, quite a lot about my sense of humor, really, (laughs) uh, considering, you know, I, you know, I was, I was brought up in the Moss Eisley of the internet, (laughs) um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a shock. I'm, I'm an actual functional human being. But, um, what was interesting is like, I'd be in those chat rooms and yeah, I was, I was in my. Past, but i was also i was talking to americans mm-hmm. I, was, I was you know because it's two o'clock in the morning in australia but it'd be you know 10 o'clock uh, american time so i was actually interacting with people all around the world yeah i mean we were talking about random shit that no one should ever talk about <laughs> um <laughs> but you know you're you're interacting with real people whereas a lot of kids are like oh well you know he should be outside playing soccer i'm like well he's just going to play with soccer with the same people that he interacts with at school that's right so he's not really he's just outside breathing fresh air that's he's it. not really experiencing anything new so yeah. you know I'm not I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go out and play soccer I did that as a kid as well I mean my game was hockey yeah. not soccer but uh, um, yeah hopefully that sort of things disappears eventually this idea that um, if you're gaming you're not experiencing life and like you are just a different form um, and actually much larger community
1: that's right yeah
0: and I mean, look the um, the
1: the internet and gaming um, gets gets the blame for for a lot, and mm. uh, you know the, it's it, it's uh, it's usually the first one to have the finger pointed at with you know online bullying and stuff like that. Which I'm I'm not saying it's not there. In fact, it, it can be it can be pretty pretty bad, pretty nasty. But on the flip side of it as well, um, there's there's people that genuinely struggle with social interaction um, that and they use um like online interaction where they just they it's they feel so much more comfortable being online and they can be behind a computer screen and you know they can have conversations and game with people and have constructive conversations and find like-minded people to to hang out with and share ideas with and um you know that sort of thing especially at the moment with covid i i think it's so ridiculously important
0: um yeah i i couldn't agree more it's um uh you know it's it's easy for someone to say you should be out there making real friends but i mean like if you if you have that issue where it's like you're you're standing next to someone you can't make eye contact when you have a conversation or it's, it's difficult for you to open up like that in a physical world uh-huh. when when you're online you you can have an avatar uh-huh. like you can be behind something that's that's why um that old game. actually i say old i think it's still around second life uh-huh became very popular because there's this idea. It's like, I don't have to be me online, but I can still interact with everyone. I can have normal conversations. They just don't see the real me or they sh- see what I want them to see. That's and right. WoW, WoW's a bit like that. You can be blood elf and all that, but then the conversations you have, got, you know, you, you, you don't spend the entire, or at least God, I hope they don't, <laughs> um, spend, spend the entire time in WoW talking Vi, we have to go save Azeroth. I mean, no, you're pro- you're probably talking about what you did during the week half the time, and then you go do a raid. That's right. You know, there's, you know, you don't spend the entire time hacking and slashing. You actually, you've got friends that you discuss and you chat, and uh, it can, like you said, it can be a lot easier to do that because um, you can just be the orc if you want to be, and say, like, oh, no, they 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 they're not really piercing into my soul.
1: That's it. Yeah, that's right. And there's. You know, I I think um, I, I think what you're alluding to is the um, uh, gaming in general can can give you a certain amount of escapism. You know, if if you work a Monday to Friday job and look, employment and jobs and it, look, not even jobs, it um, Monday to Friday stuff can be can be super stressful. Um, and I, I I know that like we've got a we we've got a mutual friend at the moment that's currently unemployed and, and the stress levels are fairly high and. Um, I know that, um, you know, gaming is is a stressful relief. It's, it's something that, you know, takes your mind off it. You have to concentrate on it and you can immerse yourself in, uh, in, in, in the game and not necessarily like an online world. It's just, just something to immerse yourself in to give you that, you know, Couple of hours of, of reprieve from stress or you know anything like that, but I mean, in, in the bigger scheme of things, you know, it's uh, it's probably the safer of the things to be uh, to to be doing. I mean, you could be you could be using drugs or alcohol as an escape uh, escape crutch rather than, uh, rather than gaming.
0: Well, um, exactly. It's um, it, it can be fantastic. It's it's a bit like sitting down and reading a book for a couple of hours or watching a movie for a couple of hours, mm-hmm,
1: exactly. um,
0: you know, it's that idea. It's like, no, 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 I can escape from my world. And so you just happen to be doing it in front of the, in front of a computer, That's but, right. uh, you know, one of the great things, if you're sitting down and reading a book, you're definitely not socializing, <laughs>
2: That's um, but it. there is,
0: there, there isn't a stigma attached to that. Mm. Um, or at least, you know, the, it, there's definitely seems to be a stigma attached to the gaming industry. So yeah. in a pandemic, like I, th- I think gaming will. Will definitely save lives mm-hmm. uh, in that sense, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm surprised with the amount of friends who at work who I've spoken to, and they've actually ended up, um, you know, just randomly talking to them, and they'd start talking about this game that they were playing. I'm like, I had no idea oh, you were cool. a gamer. I'm like, oh, um, no, I I bought a new rig during the pandemic because I realised we can be locked in. I haven't done it in years, and I'm like, that's, that's cool. It's amazing. They're diving back into it because they realise it's like, yeah, they their normal stress relief was probably to go out hiking or, you know, to go traveling. Yeah. Um, whereas now they're like, well, we're going to be locked in. So I need some form of escape Yeah. Um, so that I'm not thinking about being locked in because that's the other great thing about games. You're stuck in a small room, but if you're playing a good enough game, it's so immersive that, you know, you're not, you're not thinking about the fact that you're in a room, that's you're, right. you know, you're, you're hunting down, um, you know, terrorists in a, in a building. Or you know, killing demons in a in a field, if it's a good enough game. Um,
1: <laughs> on on your list, in in your in, incredibly big library of, of of games that you've played, what would you say has been the most immersive game that you've played? Uh, uh, ever, I guess.
0: Ever, um, oh, so uh, as in the one that's like it, it it's drawn me in the most? Yeah. Um uh so well for yeah so the one that's probably drawn me in the most and i loved the universe the most it's it's life is strange Mm -hmm. um it's this uh it was an episodic um game that came out uh a really interesting time mechanic in it um but the the storyline it's uh uh, i'm not going to spoil it because it's got some great twists in it um and it's it's worth playing just for the storyline alone Mm -hmm. um and i got I got really immersed in the characters, um, to the point where they released a, sig- a sequel, which was, you know, or a prequel I should say, it was a prequel set beforehand. Uh-huh. And even though you knew what was going to happen to the characters, I ended up playing that prequel and I was like even more immersed because I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, this is even, you know, I love these characters even more, I know more. And then they released a comic book um recently and i just i started gobbling up that nice so uh life is strange definitely hands down probably the one that i've dived into most it's definitely um up up there at least maybe even top top one game of oh, all time
1: that's a bit call cool, man it life is strange is that the is that the side scrolling like really is that the cartoony side scrolling
0: no so this one is um it's Oh, it's more like I don't want to say it's like the Telltale games, mm-hmm. um, but it sort of is. But it's um, more realistic graphics. It's made by uh, Square Square Enix, so mm-hmm. Squeenix. Square Enix, uh, yeah. So it's got a really good budget behind it. Awesome mm-hmm. soundtrack as well. Like soundtrack is on my um, uh, Spotify list. Uh, so great music, good voice acting, um, really good storyline and plot. Uh, and it 's um a bit like the telltale games where it 's um you know it 's a uh, story narrative and you make decisions mm-hmm. um so it 's it 's not there for action but that 's that 's what I rate immersive games ones where it 's it 's mainly about the story
2: okay
0: um uh, another one like that is um oh, i 'm blanking on the name now um and uh we recently spoke about it actually and uh I think... Uh, bioshock infinite is definitely probably like so that's why i said maybe life is strange mm. is number one because bioshock infinite mm. is would definitely be the second choice i'll probably put those in equal footing bioshock infinite i have played it ad nauseum so many times <laughs> um so, that, that is one yeah where the storyline is fantastic but the game mechanics yep.
1: are incredible so bioshock infinite was probably one of the only games where uh i finished it and i immediately started playing it again like restarted from the start and played it again because it just it was uh you know you can take it as an arcade shooter you, you can actually play it as an arcade mm. shooter but if you really pay attention to the story and play it how it's meant to be paid holy crap it's immersive and then the last you know 10 20 minutes of the game just blows your mind and, it, is a, uh, it is
0: a mental mind fuck yeah. that, that, that last 20 minutes and it, it's, it's, there's the action there as well the action game but also you're just edge of the seat just with what the hell is going on mm-hmm. uh, no I, I couldn't remember that the, the last 20 minutes of that game are incredible
1: <laughs> so uh, out of all the games you've played and y- you, are, you are a huge audiophile um, and so I. Mm-hmm. so out of all the games you've played what game has the best original score?
0: The best original score. So um, I would probably have to lean towards a Final Fantasy game.
1: Ooh, good
2: choice. Oh,
0: yep. Final I like I love the Final Fantasy um series. I've been slowly working through them. Mm-hmm. Um my favorite Final Fantasy, and it's the one that's uh, I think it's the first one I ever played. Uh Final Fantasy IX. Mm-hmm. Um and that is it's uh that's more I love that score, but more for the nostalgia. Like I can open, I can, I've got it on CD, of course, mm-hmm. uh, so I can play that opening tune, and I'm just immediately I can picture the the main menu screen. I can picture <laughs> the characters. It's amazing, and I can flick through it and like I know, I know exactly where. That's the town village of this village. <laughs> um, you know, it just it hits every single one of those nostalgic notes. Yeah. Um, but also, it's it's another square. Square Enix uh, game where they just they put they put money into um their music as well yeah because they realize well you know if you're going to be running around you might as well be listening to something nice that's right um so uh, yeah I would put Final Fantasy 9 as you know one of my all-time favorite um game soundtracks
1: it's really funny how um how sound effects can have uh, can can bring back Memory so damn quickly. Like as soon as I hear the original PlayStation startup sound, I know exactly what it is. (laughs) Same same with the Xbox sound. Like as soon as as soon as it started off, that that Xbox sound, you can pick it a million miles away.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know that just shows how great they are at marketing. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, well, why would why would you have that random sound playing every single time? It's like, oh, well now you'll you'll hear it, even if it's like a SMS tone that someone's decided to put on it. There's a there's a cafe. Near where I um where near I work, and it's one of my favourite coffee shops that I go to, um, and their cash register, whenever it makes a sale, actually plays a Super Mario sound. <laughs> like it's the it's the head bump for when Super Mar- when Mario bumps and grabs a coin. It plays that sound. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, it's probably one of the reasons why I go to that cafe, it's like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to sit here, someone will make a purchase and I get flashback to um, my childhood, it's like, ah, SNES, I remember you. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, like I said, it's amazing, even if it's just a tiny, you know, two second sound, it, it can still just flashback you straight to that image. So, staying on the topic of music, uh, let me
1: ask you this, and and this is this is slightly switching into into the movie or cinema realm. Um, James Horner versus uh, Hans Zimmer. James Horner, hands down. Yeah, um, wow, that's uh, yeah, that's I, a bit cool, man.
0: Yeah, I just um, I like I like I like Hans Zimmer, like um, uh, some of the stuff, but it's also very orchestral. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so so is James Horner, but. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. I, I I don't think I've ever like sat back and listened to um, a Hans Zimmer soundtrack mm. um, and just sat there and enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whereas you know James Horner, it's uh, Wrath of Khan. Like yeah, uh, I, I I can listen to that. It's like the 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 battle at the Matura Nebula. Is, mm-hmm. You know, it's very distinct. Um, I, I can enjoy that. Without having to watch the movie. Yep,
1: absolutely. Um, I think it yeah. has to do with uh, for me. I think it has to do with the with the movie it's attached to. Um, mm. I mean, you listen to like like you already alluded to, like you know, Star Trek II, or um, uh, Aliens. Aliens was an a, a, absolutely amazing soundtrack. Um, okay. And then you listen to something like Gladiator as well. Like Gladiator was, was I, I love the soundtrack to that, and I'm pretty sure that was Zimmer as well.
0: Yeah um but that, that's yeah that's not to say that i don't like Zimmer like um uh Zimmer has got some great scores like uh another favorite tune of mine that i, I like listening to um from him is um uh, Black Hawk Down mm yep um just the the i think it's the one where they you know it's the end of the movie and they're flying over the beaches and just um it's this very low somber um, tune mm-hmm. uh, completely contrasted by the content of the film mm-hmm. um, which was amazing but it's yeah it's um, it's a fantastic song and yeah that's 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 Zimmer um, and I could listen to that one um, mm-hmm. all the time yeah.
1: you have a quite a, a diverse uh, liking in, in cinema um, where it sort of ranges from like very mainstream things like uh, you know like the the MCU to like small independent films and stuff like that um how how did you get an interest in in cinema because it's not just it, yeah like like i already said it's it's not it's not just small stuff like it's it's it spans a very very huge range
0: um i i guess as, as part of my um my upbringing i'm very blessed that uh uh i i grew up in a uh, somewhat european household so um i i grew up watching sbs mm-hmm. um and the um the martial arts movies on s mm. um on sbs saturday nights I'd, we'd watch all the jackie chan movies nice um and you know my mum my mum being swiss she'd watch all the french movies so you know i i probably knew and had seen Jean d'epardieu um in more films growing up <laughs> than I had other major, um, uh, stars. Uh, so, you know, that aspect definitely helped me see, like growing up with those foreign films, mm-hmm. it allowed me to experience it as a child and it, it didn't become weird or yeah. it wasn't, uh, it did, they weren't foreign films when I was an adult. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that definitely helped, um, and of course, Uh, I think a lot of the reason why I'll watch the mainstream ones and I'm not stuck there is probably high school. Mm -hmm. I spent most of it skiving off, um, (laughs) and going, going to the cinemas. (laughs) So, uh, I, I would spend probably the last two years of my high school and maybe two or three times a week I'd, I'd be watching a random movie. And I mean, absolutely random movie in um the cinema which was just down the road from the school mm-hmm. um like i saw garfield that abomination <laughs> um the amount of the amount of rom-coms that i have seen um because i just hadn't seen them yet and that was the only thing showing at that time yeah uh but it, at least it let me appreciate those films um you know, and I, I can sit back and watch them and thoroughly enjoy them.
1: You, you and I can and have spent many, many hours uh, pulling apart movies um, and, and dissecting them, which, uh, to be honest, I, I actually really miss. So um, mm. getting back to sort of how we know each other, and, and we will come back to uh, to movies and stuff like that, especially the MCU. Um, you and I ended up moving in together, which <laughs> which. which isn't as, uh, isn't as sexual as it, as it's meant to sound, but at, at some stage or another, um, I think you had a spare room where you were living at the time and I was looking for a house. So I ended up moving in with you.
0: Yes. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, just in the North, uh, out West, mm-hmm. Western Sydney, that's where we were. I think uh, Rydalmere, that was the place. We were in Rydalmere. Yep. And I had a house. Um, and it would actually, I had a large range of people move in and out mm-hmm. um, of, of that. But, yeah, you, you joined us. So I think you were there for maybe six, six seven months because yep. we had lost a, a previous flatmate. Like you said, you were relocating and like, oh, just come join us. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, we, um, you joined us and uh, you saw, we knew each other uh, a lot, but I think that's when we really started hanging out. Like you said, dissecting <laughs> those films. We, 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 you know, we'd finish work, we'd crack open a couple of beers, we'd play couple some games, and Jesus. then well, there was a lot of alcohol. In that, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> that that house was actually quite bad. Um, I, I, I think I, I drank a good uh, couple of years worth of um, alcohol <laughs> just in those six seven months. Um, but uh, it was it was like a proper college. You know, those uh, frat houses yep. that you see um, in movies sometimes where it's just constant partying That's and all right. that. It really was like that because there's was, what, three or four of us in there. Mm-hmm. We all had our own friends as well. And, mm-hmm. You know, there would be a party every single week. Yeah. Um, but then we were also, you know, constantly um, hanging out. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I, I recall your um, your Picari sweat bottles just... <laughs> Constantly lining your windows. And I think that was just you trying to rehydrate after all the, uh, all the cigarettes and uh, booze that we were Jesus. chugging through.
1: Easily, easily one of the best experiences of my life. Um, Cause I, I, I never got to experience uh, university or anything like that. And, and I was, I, I was quite um, uh, in, in high school. I was, I was never sort of one of these people that, that did that sort of thing. But so, there was a single garage in the front, which basically we converted to a computer room. We crammed three or four computers in there.
0: Uh, I, I beg to differ. We didn't. We didn't turn that into a computer room. It was a man case <laughs> yeah. in in every sense. It was. Um. And and we worked wonders. Like people were shocked what we did. We 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 ended up putting not permanent carpet, but we put carpet down. Mm-hmm. There was shelving. Um. And yeah, it was. I think it was three computers. There's a whole bunch of. um, you know nerd paraphernalia everywhere, uh and you could still open the garage door as well, yep. um, so let the which, stint, yeah um <laughs> yeah yes, because like you said it was a man cave. <laughs> and it, and, it, and it definitely stank of one um
1: <sighs> I remember, yeah, so easily the best time, uh also the worst of my health um there was you know. I would come home from work because at that stage I was doing Monday to Friday and, and you were, um, you were working shift work as well. So you were sort of all over the place, but there were many, many times I, I think. And we, we had a rule that, um, you know, if we, um, uh, if, if, if we, if we were in our rooms and the door was open, then we were, um, we were open for conversation or open for gaming or something like that. But if the door was shut, we could, we, we were just chilling or, you know, doing whatever, but there was, Um, you know, we'd literally come home from work, um, jump in someone's car, go get some ridiculously bad
0: food. Um, Uh, it wasn't just, it wasn't just bad food. You and me would constantly go do Harry DeWheels and Krispy Kreme runs. Yep. We, we, we'd hop in the car and we'd drive out to, um, I think, I think it the original Harry DeWheels, the, the truck stop one.
1: No. So Um, the, the, the Harry DeWheels that we were going out to was actually Orange Grove, Ah, uh, okay, yeah, and yeah. How, so, it, and how we didn't yeah. get shanked out there, I, I have no idea. But
0: so it's a good point. Um, we we were just sitting in the middle of the parking lot, uh, <laughs> and it was usually in the wee hours of the morning as mm-hmm. well, uh, hoeing down these uh, Harry Wheels hot dogs. And we always we always wanted to do three in a single oh, that's sitting. Right, <laughs> that's right. I forgot about we'd, that. We'd, we'd always get we'd always get two, like uh, you know. Well, I think we started with one. Um, I think you actually introduced me to these damn things, <laughs> these, these hot dogs, which I mean, definitely not good for your health whatsoever. Like so much cheese, onion, uh, so much chili.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and yeah, we'd hoed down two of these giant hot dogs. and we we always wanted to go for the third and I finally, finally got the third one and you gave up, I think halfway through, <laughs> got two and a half. Weren't we trying to impress
1: girls at the time?
0: No, so that was just a, um, uh, uh, an unintended consequence because <laughs> yes. there, was, there was a group sitting next to us because we, we'd sat down and we were there for a while because we are eating three hot dogs um, and uh, uh Bundaberg ginger beer. We were also drinking yep. a lot of junk Bundaberg ginger beer to counteract the, uh, the chili. And this group sat down next to us and I think we were halfway through the first one and then we moved on to the second one and then they started chatting to us wondering what the, what the hell was going on and we got to the th- um, you know the third one you stopped halfway through and they were just like staring at me uh, whilst I ate this third one um, so it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that we were there to pick up girls um, <laughs> but they were definitely um, definitely impressed by my ability to wolf down hot dogs which when you think about it isn't necessarily helpful for the girls um <laughs>
1: It sort of says a lot about the, uh, the 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 quality of the women that were hanging around.
0: That is a good point. Like you said, it's a good thing that uh, you're very lucky that we didn't get shanked. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, at that at that point, we probably could have been kidnapped, oh, um, yes. but by, by those very very ladies. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, like, it wasn't just the hot dogs because there was a Krispy Kreme mm-hmm. directly across. Uh the car park. That's right. So once once we'd done the 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 hot dogs, we went and grabbed a a dozen Krispy Kremes to take home.
1: Now Joel, tell the listeners the uh the the epic story of uh the, the, the story of the, the, the tale of the disappearing Krispy Kremes.
0: <laughs> yes. Um no it's and you 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 were suitably upset. Um this was uh <laughs> It was a travesty, really, uh, because, you know, we, we had done this repeatedly and we'd bring back the, the Krispy Kremes. And, of course, shift work, we'd both go off to do our jobs and we'd left the Krispy Kremes in the man cave because there was a bar fridge in there mm-hmm. because you don't want to have to leave the, um, uh, the gaming room. And we left it in there and we had, we had a flatmate at the time. Um, and, obviously, he, he had seen the Krispy Kremes. Um, and we came back and the Krispy Kremes had been eaten. Um, And he thought, and he thought this was a fair trade, like when we opened it up, and it's like, all right, there's like, we had two dozen and we're down to six or something like that. And there was a single block of Cadbury milk, (laughs) one kilo block of Cadbury milk chocolate. I'm like, even in a financial um, (laughs) transaction, that is definitely not meeting the amount of donuts that he ate. That's a $3 block of chocolate. Uh, it was it was insane. But then also, it's like, it's Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, it's like for like, it doesn't work either. Yeah. Um, like, we we have to drive all the way out to Whoop Whoop to get these damn things. This is before, I think they started popping up at Seven Eleven, so you can get them bloody everywhere. Yeah.
1: Um, that was about the tipping uh, point
0: for me. The Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It was just, it was so, so, like, it was just rude, basically. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I get that Krispy creams uh, are addictive. Like, I definitely understand that. But just to have the, the bowls to go, yep, fair trade, here is a block of chocolate. I'm like, no, that's not fair trade. How, you would have been better off just eating the Krispy Kremes and saying, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been less insulting. in fact. <laughs> that's right. That's it. Uh, we...
1: Uh we do enjoy food a lot and it's not just mm. it's not just bad food uh we've we've been to many uh, uh many a uh many a sushi place across sydney as well especially when we used to live there when i could afford it
0: yeah uh, yeah there well there's one in particular that we um we went to it was in uh Winyard. it was uh, kanzai and i think we frequented that almost uh, every uh, bimonthly it was almost uh, every two months and yet we, we we would rock in,
1: we would ask for the two boats and they would never give us the like they at least they could recognise i mean they, at least they could recognise you you're you're like one of the only white people that used to go in there.
0: Yes, that, um, we, we went there when it was still relatively small and yeah, we, we would rock up there and it was an all-you-can-eat place uh-huh. and we'd, we'd always order, you know, a couple of sahis to start and then we would just rattle off this long list of food <laughs> and it was usually, you know, sometimes it was just the two of us, uh, other times it was like a couple other people, but it, it would be a sizable amount of food and they'd always push back and like, oh, maybe just start with one boat or maybe just have one serve of Katsudon. Oh, whatever! I'm like, no, no, no! You don't understand. We we did this last month. We had this exact same conversation in fact, <laughs> and ge- and guess what happened? We we ordered it all, we ordered more after that, uh, and then we ate it all and we walked out. We never, we, I don't think we ever once had to leave food, ex- except maybe the one time. Uh, and I even told you rice. not to do this. Yeah, yeah you, you know, <laughs> it's it, it was a rookie mistake. Like if you're gonna do all you can eat um, sushi. You order a boat of sashimi, which doesn't come with rice. Yep. You ordered an entire platter of sushi. Yep. So basically, you ordered thirty pieces of rice that we all had <laughs> to eat. I mean, that's it's like I was like, all right, I'm going to do all you can eat, but I'm going to eat an entire baguette. There
1: was, there was, there, there was definitely a lot of rice, and it was it was a rookie error. But uh, yeah, no, that was uh, we we frequent that. That place quite a lot and uh mm. i'm pretty sure uh one time you and i ate them out of salmon uh
0: yeah it was um it, they or either that or they just decided to cut us off well that t- um yeah i mean it, it it definitely could have been it's like no we just can't afford to give them any more fish <laughs> um but yeah it, it got to the point where they're just like no we're not you know we, we we don't have any more sashimi for you to eat uh, I think we just started ordering gyoza then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was great. It was a good it was a good place to um to eat actually. For good quality food.
2: Mm. It's gone
0: a bit downhill now, so I haven't haven't frequented it. But um, no, we definitely had a um a, a Japanese uh, food fetish. That absolutely. was for sure. Because, yeah, we went up a whole bunch of places in Sydney.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can hear on my end, but it it is absolutely bucketing down with rain. So if you hear any hissing or something like that, or weird sounds in the background it's just it's literally just the rain um right not
0: not snakes (laughs) um in your garage how does
1: uh how does japanese cuisine um compare or rate uh to actual japanese food because so for, for the listeners uh you're quite an avid or were quite an avid traveler a world traveler um so how does how does how how does Japanese cuisine in Sydney compare to Japanese cuisine in Japan?
0: Um, yes. Uh, just, um, uh, I'm definitely a traveler. I go to Japan at least once a year um, to the point where you'd probably call me a Japanophile. <laughs> um, uh, but it, it it doesn't rate at all. Um, so I think ramen is probably, just my personal um, uh, opinion on it is just... Uh, Ramen is probably the closest you'll get to something that is, um tastes like it does in Japan, mm-hmm. and only only a few places in Sydney. Like, I've got some set ramen joints that I'll go to because I'm like, yep, this this tastes like it would if I was ordering it in Japan. Yep. Whereas our, our our sushi trains our um, uh, you know our yakitori places, they, they don't they don't compare. Yep. Um. They they've got it down pat. They've been doing it for you know, uh, centuries in Japan. It's just, uh, every hole in the wall. I, I can't recall a bad meal that I've had in Japan. Wow. I've had some, I've had some weird meals, <laughs> um, purely because I didn't know what I was ordering at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, I was just picking random stuff yep. and they didn't have pictures. So I've had some weird meals, but even that stuff, when it showed up, <laughs> it still tasted fine. Um, what's, I, I couldn't tell what, you couldn't what's tell you one what of the I weirdest
1: asked. meals you've had
0: um, well that, one of those it was weird in the sense of what I ordered and I think even the guy was wondering what the hell was going <laughs> on because, because when I said all I wanted I was travelling from one city to the next and I had maybe two hours where I could get something to eat
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I was in a train station it wasn't one of the major ones so they didn't have too many food options uh, and I walked in and I sat down and looked at the menu and most Japanese, um, restaurants or cafes or have pictures. Uh They don't have, they, a lot of them have English, so you don't have to worry about it, Uh but most of them have pictures if they don't have English. Um, this one didn't, it was literally just a list all in Japanese. Uh Uh, I don't have time to go find another one. I, I, I don't care. Uh, and the, 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 the chef or the waiter didn't really speak too much English as well. So I couldn't get him to translate. So I ended up literally just picking four random things. Just, just <laughs> pointing at the menu and pointed at four random things. Um, that's where I got the weird look, um, <laughs> but I wasn't phased. I was going to try it. And what I ended up was a, a glass of orange juice, um, a little potato croquette, um, which was quite nice. Um, uh, a small, I think it was a like a salad of uh, le- uh, pickled, pickled lettuce or something like that. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to assume was an urchin.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I still don't know what it is um, or what it was, but it, it came in a sort of urchin yeah. shell, half of it. Um, and yeah, that that's what was probably the weirdest meal I've ever had, which was a glass of orange <laughs> juice. I hope was an urchin a <laughs> potato croquettes and a salad um definitely not something you would normally order no,
1: um, I'm, I'm I'm very open minded when it comes to trying new things and eating and especially Asian cuisine but urchin i, I cannot do I, I it's the texture and the and the taste I just cannot do it
0: um uh well I ate it just because I was hungry I couldn't tell you if I liked it or not. I think <laughs> I was still weirded out about the fact that I had ordered orange juice and an urchin um uh, but i've i 've ordered some some yeah some interesting things in Japan. They definitely know how to cook their seafood um, and it's it, there 's sushi trains and if you know what I recommend to anyone who does travel over to Japan is go to a sushi train because our sushi trains are so westernized it 's not funny. <laughs> um, if you go to a sushi train over there, you look at it and I'm like, "Oh, I recognize that, and that 's maybe ten percent of what is on these trains. <laughs> the rest of it is whatever they've dragged up from the bottom of the ocean. Um, it looks fantastic. I tried as much as I could. Um, but it is, it's, it's, it's much more, um, and much more exotic Mm. than sushi trains over there.
1: Okay. So what are, what are the other places that you've traveled to around the world?
0: Um, I've, I've been all over the, um, last year I did Iceland,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um, which, which, which was fantastic um it was and it was it was definitely it was definitely one of the the weirder countries i've been to in the sense that um uh it it was how they lived and the climate and everything it 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 didn't match anywhere else i had traveled before sure um so that that was that was fantastic just uh the the island it's it's all it's all volcanic rock um it's it's very green in the sense of green power they're all um hydrothermic um So it's, and it's a very interesting history that they've got. Uh, Uh, so I did, yeah, uh, Iceland last year. Uh, I do, like I said, I do Japan every year, so I'm not going to include that. (laughs) Um, I always do a two week trip in Japan, uh, every year, uh, previous year before Iceland was Canada, uh, uh, and and America. So I did, uh, New York city, Uh um, then up to Boston, Uh uh, and then over to Toronto, and then I did the Banff National Park, which is the cool. Canadian, Canadian Rockies, and it's it was gorgeous. Um, and I did a lot of uh, lot of hiking out there. So it's it's very lucky that I'm talking to you today because I probably should have been eaten by a bear.
1: <laughs> what was what was New York City like?
0: Um, it was so I uh, I stayed in uh, in Jersey. Um, actually, when I was in New York and I had to travel in, it's, um, it is, it's so, it's, it's another world almost just how busy it is. Like Sydney is busy, but it's not America busy. Uh Like New York busy is just incredibly busy, but so functional. Uh Like you think that many people in that kind of city, like how does anyone get around, but their public transport, like for me, getting from one side to the other, it, it made sense and it was easy. Like, um, a crazy city like that's public transport is better than Sydney's public transport, yep. which is a mess to get around it.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: it's yeah. It, it's not then, very
1: hard, but I've been told by many, many people that have traveled here that the the, the public transport system in, in Sydney is uh, akin to a third world country.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, New York's was, it was incredible. Um, but then in the middle of this bustling city... Um, you've got central park, which you just walk into and it's this gigantic, um, uh, uh you know, Greenland, uh-huh. um, surrounded by, you know, all these skyscrapers and all that. Uh, it's, it's really a weird, um, exchange. You just walk into this Greenland and like, ah, oh, that's, it goes for, you know, like, um, I think, uh, like a quarter of the island. Uh-huh. Um, the length it's, 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 it's massive. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you ever need to, you know, breathe a little bit in New York, you just, you know, head off to Central Park and you can sit and you can have a good lunch for, um, an hour. So I, I love New York. Um, I'll probably head back there at some point because I only really saw one half of the island. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't get too far North. Um, so I mainly stayed down the, um, south end but uh yeah um def- it was interesting just uh going into a city that size
1: so out, out of all the countries that you've visited which is which is quite a lot i know you've only rattled off a few um which country um has made you most hopeful for the future of civilization
0: um i would i would probably actually um write, uh iceland wow um just just uh, the stuff that they're doing and the stuff that they've been doing for, um, decades, um, like I said, they're they're a green, green power, uh, country, Mm -hmm. but they're also, so they're, because of their, their weather, uh, and their soil, um, they, they don't have like a fruit, um, uh, industry. Like they don't have, uh, you know, uh, proper vegetable industry, Mm -hmm. but they're using geothermic energy create greenhouses huh. on a mass scale so that they don't need to import all their um fresh produce yep um, it's it's a uh, oh, the thing about iceland is when you travel through there it's horribly expensive oh okay. and that's because a, a lot of their stuff needs to be imported right. um because you know they don't have um necessarily they can't grow uh everything they need on the island so they have to import it so their food really nice but horribly expensive Whereas they're now using this new green technology, like I said, hyper um, uh, geothermic oh. um, and uh, the the hydro um, energy to you know start building these uh, industry scale. I don't believe last time I was there, they weren't at the point where um, it would be a proper sized industry where they could be self-sustaining. But the technology is slowly building there. Yeah. Um, and, and then they're so proud of um the fact that yes we're, we're all geothermic and hydrothermic we don't we don't have nuclear we don't have coal we never had any of that um and that technology has been around for so long and they've just they've just been doing it they're lucky because they have so much geothermal um, energy around and so many waterfalls that they're allowed to draw on this yeah but the, what gave me hope is that if they've been doing it for decades it means they've got the technology there which means it can be um you know appropriated elsewhere yeah you know you um the, you've you've got that um you know the future uh industries that Australia could incorporate in America um already technically exist in the world um it just needs to be adapted uh, and adapted properly and efficiently Is, um
1: do you feel that the uh the whole reason that Australia hasn't uh implemented a more greener approach to energy in the future is wholly and solely political or are there other reasons?
0: Um, I think a lot, yes, um, I think the the majority of it is is political. It's um, not necessarily, um, I'm not leaning towards, it's like, it's the donors, you know, it's lobbyists or that, that it definitely plays a pivotal part of it. I think a lot of it is this idea of um, if we destroy the coal industry or if we move away from the coal industry, Jobs will go, mm-hmm. people will lose jobs um, in my electorate. So I can't be for. We, we saw it play out mm-hmm. in the last federal election, where you had Labor and the Greens in particular pushing this anti-coal rhetoric, but they were pushing it in in um, electorates where they go, well, yeah, if you, we don't. If you take that away, what what do I do? Yep. Um, and sadly, the politics isn't there or at least, you know, the liberals were there fearmongering that yep. uh, and labor wasn't pushing it hard enough to say, no, you, you don't need to worry about that. Jobs won't disappear just because we're going to start trailing down, um, uh, the coal industry. You know, we, if you do it correctly, you can transition. Yep. Um, that's it. It was this fearmongering that one day they were just going to turn the flip, the switch off. Um, and that's, that's where I think it is very political the 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 fearmongering of um anti coal is is definitely a political tool whereas if you remove that aspect and you show how australia could easily transition um like most countries uh-huh. could easily transition to a um to a cleaner environment um uh, but i would also say it's a lot of it is uh um this this idea that it, we can save the planet um, and it's not going to cost us anything. Uh-huh. There won't be any pain. And I, I think we, we need political leaders to stand up and say, no, that if we want to save the planet from global warming and we want to transition away from these, um, these fossil fuels and these industries, it, there's going to be pain. There's going to be some, some taxes involved. There's going to be some, um, loss of jobs in certain industries. If you do it right, we can move people, but they you know, there needs to be politicians who can tell people the truth um, which is this isn't going to be easy. This is going to be hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Sadly, it does affect regional areas a lot more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's, it's very hard for a, you know, for, you know, Melbourne politicians and Sydney politicians to say, we need to do this. Um, and it's going to cost you guys. Mm-hmm. It's not going to cost us because we're in a skyscraper mm-hmm. uh, and accountants, doesn't, it doesn't really matter, uh, and lawyers and, you know, all that. We, you know, uh, shutting down a coal mine won't affect us, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a, a lack of political will, uh, and there's definitely a fear-mongering. And, yeah, the, the lobby industry doesn't help, but I don't think it's the principal reason why we, we haven't transitioned, or every single time we try, we get pulled back. Mm-hmm.
1: I, think there's a, um, uh, I, I think there's a very much... A, a culture of well, we've done it this long for like, like this for for this long, and there's a it's um it's almost a look. I'm not going to say it's it's a it's a fear of change, but I I think you're right. They just they they need to take that step. Someone needs to take that step, and I I don't think it's the current political political parties that are going to do it.
0: Um, no, you you need those coalitions. Like I I'm actually for a minority government. Um, I believe they're they're quite handy um, in order to get those sort of issues through. So um, the the Gillard minority government, I think was, they actually got through more legislation um, than uh, I think Abbott's Uh um, majority government, Uh, but they did deals with the Greens and the other independents, and they were able to make these these deals, that's why we got the carbon um, tax, which I, I don't want to actually call it the carbon tax, but you know, that's what everyone knows it as. Yep. Um, so I think in, you won't get the political will, I think from the major, um, parties, you need to get them from the minor, the, the smaller parties yep. doing deals, hmm. there you go. um, but it's also, it's not, a, it's not a new thing. Um, this goes back to, you can go back to when automobiles first came around um in the states they actually made it so that automobiles couldn't go faster than horses when they first arrived Uh um you you they could you know of course mechanically go faster but they weren't allowed to because they didn't want horses the horse industry and you know carriages and um you know all the things associated with horse industry to fail yeah so they hobbled um cars because they're like not, not horse the horse industry needs to stay alive you know so they they've been doing this for ages this uh this clinging on to the um to the what they're used to and what everyone is connected to um eventually you know cars took over so um you know there is hope it will eventually happen uh whether it happens fast enough though who knows
1: <laughs> so um it's, it's actually very rare, and I, I think I pointed this out a little while ago. Um, it's actually very rare that, that you and I actually talk politics, mostly because my eyes glaze over. And the, the, the other reason probably is that I'm just not smart enough to follow it. But um, we will, um, we'll, we'll definitely have to get you, um, I think it'd be uh, a, a very good addition. We, so we're going to try and do a roundtable later in the year. um with all the previous guests and stuff like that and i i I think um i I think you'd be a very very interesting uh very interesting addition to that um so yeah so um getting back to your um getting back to your job and and how it relates to computers and and so on and so forth um have you found that working in it because before you worked in it you were um uh, you're working in in a different part of the zoo um, have you found that working in IT has has turned you off computers? Like, do you find yourself more like wanting to get away and unplugging?
0: Um, not not really. Which is uh, that was actually one of my, my worries um, as well. Um, so I, I studied um, IT ten or no fifteen years ago. I started studying IT, and that's why I originally um, worked for the zoo. Um, and that's where I got my first job with them had nothing to do with IT. Um, I was just, uh, you know, uh, working on the cable car front-facing customer service, and I did that during my course. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did it for four years while I did my course. And then at the end of my course, um, I did have that worry. It's like, oh, I like computers. Do I really want to work in this industry? So I actually only ended up applying for one job ever, um, after my course. And that was an IT job in the zoo. Mm -hmm. Um, which I didn't get an interview for. So, you know, that's, uh, (laughs) finally got in, finally got in 10 years later, which I did hold against them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I also like, I loved my job at the time. I loved what I was doing. And then four years ago, um, a job came up, uh, in, in, uh, the zoo for another it role and at that time, um. Uh, I felt like I needed a change. I needed to move sure. from what I was doing, uh, and it just seemed as like, well, I have the qualifications. I might as well jump ship. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed an easy transition.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. So I did it. But then, yeah, I was worried. It's like, oh, okay. Am I gonna, am I gonna end up hating computers? Because <laughs> I definitely don't. I don't want that to happen.
1: No. Um, God, has it been four like, years, man?
0: Yeah, I've, um, I've officially been working as an IT professional and, um, I know we're on a podcast, but I was definitely doing finger quotes at that point, um, (laughs) because I definitely don't consider myself an IT professional for about four years now. Um, and it's crazy, but, um, luckily I actually haven't found that, um, I, I get turned off or that I need a screen away time just because, I mean, what, what I do on the computer, um, at home is so, so amazingly different than what I do at work. Sure. So as a, as a network administrator, I'm, I'm I'm building the network. I'm configuring switches. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much lingo, otherwise like politics, your eyes will glaze over, (laughs) um, (laughs) um, but. Yeah, what, what I'm doing the, um, at the zoo, I, I, I don't do that at home. Like uh-huh. it's, I, I wish I could game at work. <laughs> um, but, you know, they'll they'll definitely stop me from doing that after a while um, or fire me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I can have that difference where I can sit at a computer and code for five, six hours straight at work. But then I can go home and I can put it on a um, a movie or play a game for a couple of hours on my laptop or on my, um, uh, uh, uh um, um, uh, monitor. Yep. So yeah, no, I, I, um, I, I, I think I'm lucky that I haven't had that computer drain. Um, I do constantly think it's like, oh, will I eventually get sick of the drop? I'm um, four years and I haven't yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, fingers crossed it'll, it'll play for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, part of getting out is, is that's me travelling. So if I need to switch off, I just leave the country <laughs> because uh, it seems a bit extreme um, <laughs> to to relax. But also, it gets you completely disconnected yep. from from that world and from everything. Um, I typically travel alone. Um, you know, I do I do do um, group trips as well, which are fantastic they're a different type of holiday experience mm-hmm. but if i ever need to switch off and get away yeah. um I'll, I'll go traveling because there isn't much um if i'm in another country i feel bad if i'm sitting in my hotel room gaming mm-hmm. um because i'm like no i'm here to experience the sights yeah and i guess that's as long as i can continue doing that uh, i think I will, i'll be lucky to keep my enjoyment of my job and my gaming life and my um involvement in all the computer um aspects
1: it's um because i've known you for for so long and and because we um because we used to live together and and so on and so forth it's it's been really interesting seeing your transition from um casual worker um to to whatever the hell this is which is (laughs) it's it's been really interesting
0: do, do not say it's a career that will make <laughs> me want to quit. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it's been interesting because I, I loved I loved my um, my work at the zoo before I joined IT, um, and I remember you know there was always that question it's like when are you going to get a real job? Yeah. Um, you know the the idea that me earning twenty five dollars an hour and working eight hour hours a day, mm-hmm. five days a week wasn't a real job, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> just because you know there wasn't. A career path, whereas I don't get asked that anymore now, um, because I'm in IT. They're like, "Oh, well, we assume you've got a re- real job now." The question is like, "When are you going to get married and have kids?" Um yeah. I, I'm not. Which, I'm not sure which one I hate more. Um, I, I'm almost. I'm almost tempted to go back to casual work just so I can get back to when are you going to get a real job. Uh, but no, it's 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 yeah, it's definitely been interesting. I guess um, it's definitely changed. Uh, a bit how I interact with you guys as well, because, you know, back in the day, being a shift worker, weekends meant nothing to me. Mm -hmm. Like um, I could do Tuesday night drinking because that was technically my Friday. That's right. Um, uh, And, you know, Saturdays were like, I can't hang out even though literally everyone else can, because it's a nine to five job. Now I've transitioned to a Monday to Friday weekend. Um, I have weekends now, yep. it, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit different, but also I also still have a lot of friends who are shift workers. Yeah. So I've, I've still, I still get those invites when it's like, oh, we're going to go out on Tuesday nights. I'm like, awesome. I won't be productive on Wednesday <laughs> then. Um, because I'm definitely not going to give that up, but yep. it also means, you know, those, those land parties that we organize or, um, you know, you're, you come down to Sydney, um, and you know, you're, you're doing a gig down here we can catch up on the weekends because i'm like yeah most most weekends i'm free that's it um yeah
1: um so i'm going to um uh i'm gonna have to get you back for another episode because you and i um share a unique perspective And, and this is circling back to to movies um you and i share a very unique perspective on the mcu the the marvel cinematic universe and What I mean by that is that you and I, um, are comic book fans. We, we, we've been comic, both of us have been comic book fans for a very long time. Um, obviously before it was, before it was cool. And it's, it's been very, very interesting seeing the transition from comics into like mainstream cinema. Um, and to be honest, I I still can't believe how well it's gone. Like there's, there's so many movies, um, and so it's covered so many characters and, and included so many things from the comics. But so I would like to get you back for an episode into a deep dive. And I'm thinking maybe we go through the chronological order or the, the release order of the MCU movies. And while we'll talk about a, a few of them and, and brush over a few of them, uh, maybe we'll go, go for a deep dive into a, into a few other ones, maybe our favorites that, uh, they covered a, a, a few comics or, you know, we can talk about what, um, what comics they included, or what we liked or didn't like, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, no that um, that sounds fantastic because uh, yeah, like you said, we 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 were both avid comic um, readers and collectors before this whole MCU thing started. So it's yeah, it's it's weird to see um, you know the whole it's the whole cliche we we liked it before it was cool, <laughs> um, but we also you know we liked it um, before. You know, it, it was live action. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it would definitely be interesting to, to just pick a few of those apart. We can definitely gloss over a few of the um, uh, the more rubbery ones. Um, <sighs> definitely, Hulk we can skip Iron Man. Man Iron 3. Man three. will <laughs> oh, see, see, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to fight you on that one because actually, I didn't mind the um, uh, the Edward Norton Hulk movie. Really? Yeah. So, and look, I'm not putting it up there in the top ten or anything like that. Um, but uh, I, I could rewatch that movie. Definitely couldn't, and definitely won't rewatch Iron Man three. That is a horrible <laughs> piece of shit. Um, and they, they definitely should not have done it. Um, no. But uh, yeah, I mean, and I know you have strong feelings about Captain Marvel, uh, so you, could probably... you know
1: what? I just you made my eye twitch just just by saying it. And funnily enough, uh, you and I have very differing opinions on Ragnarok as well.
0: True. Yeah. Um, I liked the direction of that. So I think, yeah, if we start picking these, uh, movies, I think we'll, we'll have some interesting discussions because we'll just hit those moments. Like, I can't believe you'd liked that scene or (laughs) that's a horrible (laughs) representation of the character. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to get your perspective on a few of these movies and there's, there's so many of them. Um, and they're all vastly different as well, uh, in genre and style and, um, just uh, filming techniques.
1: Yeah, and then we can, maybe we can touch on the uh, how we perceive the future of the MCU with you know the Natalie Portmans and the.
2: <sighs> yeah,
0: but um, see, that, that's it. You you look at what they're doing, and you're like, ah, oh, you know, that's that's a mistake. But like, it, they've managed it so well with only a couple minor um, hiccups. This like, and even even the, their worst films are still better films than the DC. Oh, like, yeah. like that, that's the thing. That's, that's a very low bar to jump. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, you still look at some of the worst of the MCU films and you're like, yeah, but they're still kind of putting out a film. That's at, at least somewhat, it's got a plot. It's got some decent uh, fight scenes in it. Like it hits a few of those decent notes. Yeah. Whereas uh, a lot of the other Comic book movies that have come out—you're like, you just can't watch that, especially even Marvel movies before the MCU, yeah. Um, because you know they they had a lot of, uh, you know, the MCU didn't spring up out of nowhere. They were they were trying for mm. quite a quite a while yep. before they finally hit across that formula. Oh, absolutely. And I, th- and I think they have got that formula now. So going to is it phase four now? I think. Oh, I don't at? even
1: know. Don't even. Yeah. Know.
0: So they've they've outlined, I think, the next the next phase or the next 20 um movies and you look at them i'm like oh, okay so those are some interesting choices but you're like but you know what you like i'd never even heard of the guardians of the bloody galaxy oh really before never they didn't know any of those characters whatsoever huh. and i i watched that movie three times in a single day <laughs> um <laughs> So, I mean, that's, that's how amazing that was. I'm like, I don't know these characters yet. It is a phenomenal film. It is. Um, so I can look at the phase, the next phase. And I'm like, what, why would you make a movie about, um, uh, I think it's uh, Mobius or Morbius. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that seems such a, a random character to pick, but they've done it before. Yeah. Um, so you know, have have faith in um in the the masters. <laughs> All right, we I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to wrap it up because I, I I can see
1: myself uh get already getting drawn into a debate about the uh the MCU. <laughs> but look, true, thank, true. thank you very very much for um for taking the time to join me on the podcast. And uh, no, yeah, worst. we'll uh, we'll definitely do another episode for uh, just the
0: MCU. And I hope you'll join us for the round roundtable. Uh, yep, I, I'm definitely uh, keen for that. It's been it's been great to just do a short dive into the MCU. So um yeah, I don't Thanks so for having me on. Brie Larson. God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned it. Why did we end up on such a sour notes? <laughs>
1: All right. Um are you gonna stick around? Are you gonna uh jump online or are you um are you gonna call it a night night?
0: No, no, no. I'm I'm not working tomorrow, so I can uh I can uh, I can stick around and um, hang online, cool. get some gaming, in.
1: yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire up and uh, we might have a game of siege or company heroes or something like that. Awesome, sweet, cool. Sounds good. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you later. No, worries. see, see ya. ya. The opinions or views expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the host or guest and do not represent those of the people, institutions, or organizations that the host or guest may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organisation, company or individual.